Good morning, everyone. Welcome to day 48 of the 7 a.m. Novelist 50 Day Writing Challenge, first draft edition. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Today, we are still at the Novel Incubator Retreat because we never want to leave. We're at this weird old house in uh, Bourne, Massachusetts. And we're talking about how to keep the faith, how to get to your desk every day, how to stay in your chair, uh, particularly when you're having self-doubts, when you're having uh blocks, any anything that's getting in your way, and how do you get past that? And so we have two uh, Novel Incubator alums, Alex Ferraro and Liesl Swagger, um, with us to help us out, figure that out. Um, I'm going to start with Liesl because she's got a really interesting background in dance, and I think that's informed how she's been able to um, motivate herself and, and get herself to continue working. Um, yeah, so I have about four and a half decades of um, experience in the ballet studio that comes with um, heaping servings of crippling self-doubt. And so I have lots of practice in, I think it's unrealistic to try to eliminate that voice, but figuring out strategies to to sidestep it and bypass it and turn the volume down and figure out how to do the thing that you love anyway. Um, One thing that I do think is different about writing from being in the ballet studio is that we have a writing community. Um, And so for example, like this summer, when I was completely derailed, I was able to to lean on that community and I emailed you and I had another writing friend who I went to lunch with. And so I do think that reaching out to other people who have also experienced that can help help you find strategies to, um, to get yourself back to your desk. But I also think that um, taking a step back and taking a little break can be, it was helpful for me this summer. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, just like understanding that that voice will be there and that I'm going to do what I love anyway. Yeah. Um, and not letting that voice rob me of something that I really love to do. Yeah. I've talked to Alex about this before. I actually call that voice Priscilla. That's my, she's an old English lady and she is really nasty. And she'll be like, and she's always, she's just, she's like a she's like a a piece of bone in my ear and she just bothers me and and I'm like okay Priscilla shut the fuck up (laughs) I mean I really have to go there and and separate that voice out and try not to take it too seriously Alex how about you um yes a couple things one uh Lisa kind of alluded to this but it can be good to take an intentional break which is very different from a a period of not writing and calling that a break because you're still feeling like you should be writing and feeling like shit because you're not writing and just declaring a certain period of time. I'm letting myself off the hook of any obligation to, to write uh, for this week or month or whatever can be good. Um, Also reaching out to people that, you know, like Liesl said, it's, I, I think writing a novel specifically is just such a, it's a, such a solitary, long, solitary process. There's no, it's not like a yeah, short story you can bang out in a, in a short period of time and get feedback on. Or I used to do stand-up comedy, which is instant feedback, where you, you try something new, you see what people react to, what they don't, you go up the next night and do it again. The novel, you're just, it's you and yourself and your idea for, for so long, and it can be so easy to just get completely trapped in your head and you're comparing yourself against this imagined vision of how good you could be based on the the best thing you've ever written. And then also other people's published works. And it's good to just talk to another writer and realize that um, we're all, all of us human and imperfect and nobody really fully achieves what they imagine their great vision is going to be. 
and uh, there, there actually is a real world outside of your own head. So that's really interesting. You both come from performance in a way. And with performance, I do think there's a difference that you have to show up. Like if you're, if you are scheduled to be on stage that night, if you're scheduled to perform that night, if you're having a bad day, if you're having questions, if you're not ready, it doesn't matter. You still have to show up. You still have to do it, which is hugely different from writing because writing, you can just kind of hide away in your little cave. So I also wonder if there's a way to mimic that having to show up. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Because I think about sitting down at my desk. It's the same thing as daily class. It's the same thing as showing up to the bar. Yeah. And the thing is, so, I mean, I still like flail around in class, like doing my like old lady thing, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I never know, like I can have a um, morning that I wake up and I drive to class and my body feels amazing. And I get to the bar and just like nothing fucking works. Or I can have a day that I wake up and like my back hurts and my knee hurts and like, blah, blah, blah. And, and yet for like whatever reason, the class goes amazing. And the exact same thing happens with writing. I mean, like yep. I've had days when I'm, you know, I'm traveling and I'm like on the airplane and the person next to me is like drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I'm just going to like try to write this scene. And it's the most inhospitable set of circumstances. And yet I'm able to come up with something. And so you just like show up at the desk because you just never know if you don't show up, you don't even give yourself a chance. Yeah, you got to show up and, and treat it. I mean, it's this is um, a lot of people, you know, this is a job. Um, you know, you you show up at your job and you might have a bad job day, but that's OK. You're still there. You're still trying. And I do think particularly so I'm a I'm a runner. There are days in the morning when I just don't want to run, but I've already got it scheduled that I'm going to run. And so. I put my clothes on, I'm achy, my knee hurts, my feet hurt, I start to run, I feel like an old woman, and maybe I am becoming, but I feel like I'm just not ready. And normally I do like eight miles. And I'm just like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? So so what I do is just, okay, you just got to take that first step. And then you got to take that next step. And you got to take that next step. And slowly you kind of get in inside it and you just, you show up. And, you, and sometimes I've had amazing runs even though I had no, even though I felt terrible at the onset, but I, I, I came and I was there. And so this is about, you know, you, you can treat it as a job, try to have a schedule that forces you to show up is really helpful. And then also allow yourself to try different um, places to write. I know a lot of writers get very, they get kind of precious, like, well, okay, I can only write at my desk at this time of day, or I can, I can only, I have to have it completely quiet, and I can only write with pen and paper, or I can only have to have my laptop, or I have to have my tea next to me. And so what you're doing is setting up boundaries to yourself that are just going to be excuses, um, that just are not going to work, because it could be, yeah, sitting next to the drunk guy in the plane, and you're still showing up, and you're still doing it, and you're breaking through to something. You just never know that you're, if it's going to happen or not. Alex, how about you? showing up like forcing again to get yourself on that stage yeah so a couple things you mentioned a schedule I find that really useful I also really try to I, I have a my schedule is I try to write from 6 to 8 a.m I really try to resist the temptation to go back to it later in the day if I didn't feel like I mm -hmm. I did did enough in that block because that's that can lead to burnout I think and that then you kind of get into that thing I was talking about before where it's like you're it's like a break, but not a break. So it's like you're any, any benefit you have in the schedule is, is lost because the whole rest of the day is time that you, you feel like you could and should be writing and you feel increasingly guilty because of that. Um, so I say stick to the schedule and try not to write outside of it. The other thing is 
to have a group of people that are in it with you, other writers who you could be sending weekly pages to workshop, or you could even do something that, uh, that we did in the, the novel generator class I took where we had small groups where we had contracts with each other. And so we would say, we would sign a contract with this group of two or three other people and say, this is the time block that I'm going to be writing. And then we would, when we were starting our time block, we would text the whole group and say, going in. And then uh, when we we're done, you'd, you'd give some, some recap, even if it was just did it, it sucked. I hated it, but I did it. Um, and that's, that's just another way to feel like less alone in the process, more connected to the, the people who are going through it as well. Um, and you can find that accountability. Um, you know, I think finding good readers can be very, very difficult. And that's why I encourage people to take a class to get to know um, a particular writer's um, background and experience and skill and where they're at. But accountability, you can get anyone to help you with that. Um, and so, and you just really need one other person to help you with that. Because I know a lot of people, um, if they're not in a program or they're not um, in classes, they're more isolated, they have actually have a hard time finding those people. Yeah. Um, and so you'll find, um, we've already done this on our Substack page. Uh, I put out a thread for accountability partners. And so we had quite a few people respond to that and make connections. And I'm going to do that again, um, probably on Monday and Tuesday. So if you're subscribed to the Substack page, um, uh, 7 um, novelist.substack.com, you can find accountability partners there. Um, Even just one other person that will keep you on track can be very, very helpful. Um, Alex, you were going to say something else. I was, but I, I seem to It's flown it. from your head. Okay, so other things, um, other 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 tricks well, that- it's partly about knowing yourself and knowing yeah. who you respond to. Like I'll often, um, if I'm in, if I'm having a little bit of trouble getting to my desk, I do know that like putting writing on my schedule, like it's a dentist appointment. Yeah. Like that is the thing that will, like it pops up on my phone and like I have no agency and I'm like, oh, I must do this now. Um, but also I think just finding the, just like reaching into the thing and finding some joy in it. Like, I mean, at the moment I'm kind of going in scene by scene and I'm learning new ways to construct scenes. And I got into this whole thing with like starting with a positive and ending with a negative or like reversing that or whatever. And like, like that whole process and figuring out how to do that is actually like deeply interesting to me. So it's, I'm not just like showing up and doing the same old thing. Like I'm learning something new about the process and, and that excites me. Um, and so like finding what, what in the process at this particular moment is um, like ignites something for me. Ignites. Cause I think that's what we do lose. The more you do it, you kind of lose that joy, that sense of joy. And so I do recommend and We're going to have Meta Wagner on tomorrow. And she talks a lot about creativity and, and finding that, that place or that, that kick or that excitement um, tomorrow. So remembering why you're doing this in the first place and even doing some brainstorming about that, even doing some writing about that, going back to uh, writing that you've done, that it's, that was exciting to you, that you feel it hits something that you, you really want to keep using. And then I oftentimes, I, I read a lot as I'm writing to get myself into that mental place. Like, yeah, this is really exciting. This is really what I want to do. Some other people might find that daunting, like, oh, I can never get there. But for me, it, it kind of sets up, it gets me to a mental and emotional and creative space where I like 
this is the world that I want to enter and, and reading allows me to, to go into that world. Or there might be like other art forms that also spark that for you. Yes. Like, so my thing is a ballet novel and, yeah. you know, I went and saw a Boston Ballet performance and it just, it sort of got me thinking in a whole different way about how I was approaching scenes. And so looking maybe at other creative endeavors and like trying to find that synergy yeah. Um, I mean, that can be a lovely way to, to find what excites you about what you're doing again. Yeah. People, people do that. So I was actually taking a life drawing class, um, for my new novel that I'm working on because my, um, character is a, a sketch artist. I have zero talent in life drawing. I have zero talent in drawing whatsoever. And so my, my drawings were basically, you couldn't see that it was an actual person. However, um, the process of it was really interesting to me and it did release something to me. And it also made me glad that I was a writer. <laughs> like, thank God I don't have to do this all the time um, because this is not where my natural inclination goes. We have a question here in the chat, which is I think very, very common. So Doriana says, how about when you manage the discipline of writing and then you have a day where your writing is shitty. The next day you're feeling badly and are hesitant to return to your desk. This sometimes happens to me. So we actually have some students in, in our live audience here. We've got about five people and we got you two. How many of you guys ever have a day when you feel shitty and you have a hard time? Everyone is raising their hand. Yeah, that happens a lot. So how do you get back to your desk? You're feeling bad. How do you do it? So that's where it really helps to unsentimentalize it, treat it like a job. It's like, well, if you had a shitty day at work yesterday, this mean you you know, you get to not come into work the next day. Um, and I know like it's, it's hard. I, I am incredibly hard on myself. And if I have a shitty writing day, I will like, I, I have a part of my brain that will be punishing me for it. And will be like lying in wait, ready to jump on the next thing I write. And um, you just have to, again, just to take the sentimentality out of it and just be like, well, I gotta be here put my butt in seat and, and do something. Cause that's, that's what a writer does. That's that's what it means to be a writer is to show up and write. Yeah. Yeah. Liesl? I have written so many terrible, terrible, reams of terrible pages. I um, never have. And I've never written a bad page. <laughs> and ever. it's fine. But I think also like taking a step back and sort of looking at sort of thinking at as that thinking about it as like more of a, like a marathon and like looking at like the whole stretch. Um, but also I feel like as a ballet teacher, like I've seen so many students, you know, they kind of, they're dancing, they love it, especially like teenage girls. And then they kind of, they hit a bad patch and they, all kinds of insecurities and their bodies are changing and whatever. And then they quit. And it's so sad to see someone like lose a source of creativity that they love because like they hit a bumpy, a bump, a bumpy yeah. patch in the road. Um, and so I just, I feel like you're gonna, like, I'm gonna have those awful, you know, those, those reams and reams of just cliches and terrible, terrible writing, like littered with adverbs and whatever. And just, so what? Just like, keep going. Yeah. Just sit down again. Just keep going. Yeah. And the other thing is it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, think of it this way, but it's true that the shitty stuff that you're never going to use in the, the finished book, whatever it is. It doesn't feel like it's part of the finished product, but it is. It's it's probably something that you had to do to get to to where you're going. Sometimes when I I, I 
we'll return. This is actually useful if you if you keep all this stuff. I I'll like when I write in Scrivener, I just have kind of have this whole folder that I call scraps, and I just dump all the stuff that I realize is terrible and I'm not going to use. But sometimes I'll go back and read that and realize that while I was correct in my initial assessment that it was dog shit, it's there was some some idea that I was getting to in there. And I can see in hindsight that I probably needed to, to kind of work that out to get closer to what would eventually end up in the book. Totally. It can just be like a stepping stone. Like, yeah. And if you keep moving forward, then you get the opportunity to see that that shitty stuff was a stepping stone. But if you stop, you never give yourself the opportunity to right. find out where that was going. Right. And sometimes it's not something you would even notice or, or think about from the time. Like, oh, the, I, this was shitty, but I had that one good part. I'm going to expand on this. Sometimes you don't even notice that you had the good part until later that you feel like the good part came to you just out of the blue. And then you look back and realize, oh no, I was, I was edging around it even back then. Yeah. Excellent. And so, and I also like, again, with, with my runs, my previous day run has nothing to do with my next day's run and my next day's run. It really doesn't um, because each day it always feels very, very different. Um, we also, and also people are talking about some of the difference between revising and um, drafting. For some of you, drafting is going to be easier and revising is harder. And for some of you, it's the opposite. So, you know, we each have our own skill set and we each have ways that we um, uh, like to work. Um, and then uh, someone else in the chat is talking about having finished a chapter, thinking that they got it, and then going back the next day and realizing that they didn't. Now, the problem is, yeah, that happens all the time. And the problem is, so I think it's John Banville. It's actually a few people that say a novel is a long piece of prose that you're always trying to fix. A novel is a broken thing. And this includes novels after you've published them. Because I don't know anyone who's published a novel, they show up at a reading and most of our reading copies are edited, okay? Because you're like, oh my God, this is out in the world. And, and, and I'm not the only writer that does that. So other people would be like, oh, you know, if they're following along, that's, they're gonna get in trouble because I have an edited version where I saw that I repeated a word or something st stupid is in there. So. So, so the problem is you're going to keep editing and, and keep um, feeling that and you're never going to hit that perfect mode. Um, and, and that's okay. Again, a novel is a broken thing. Um, some other, some other tricks um, I would try if you're really, um, you know, again, switch it up in terms of place and time. I was having a really hard time for a while and I started forcing myself to get up right when I woke up, I would go right to my um, desk and, and not shower and not breath my teeth, brush my teeth or not, clean my, wash my face. And I would just force myself to type, not write necessarily, but type for 30 minutes. Um, and I was still in the dream world and it actually worked. And normally I never write in the morning. Um, so if you can kind of switch it up like that, do timed writing 45 minutes, set a timer. I'm just going to type for 45 minutes and then let yourself take a break. And then just typing, keeping your fingers moving, not paying attention to necessarily what's happening on the page. Oftentimes I'll turn down my um, laptop screen the light on my laptop screen so I can't even see what I'm doing or I'll stare off at a, a spot on the wall. When I go to cafes, people think I'm staring at them. And what I'm actually doing is trying not to look at my laptop. Yeah. Um, okay. What other tricks? We're getting a lot of comments on the in the chat. Um, what other tricks do you think um, you can go to? Uh, 
Well, I also, I mean, I know I have that voice that tells me I suck. And so it's just going to be there. Yeah. And I just got to do it anyway. Well, Lisa, and I was going to go back to you because, so you, you were talking about these young girls that allowed themselves to quit. Yes. And how painful that was for you to see that happen. Now, I, I have had writers ask me, do you think I should do this? And what I say to them is, if you think you can quit, quit because it's it's not it's hard this is hard but most writers i know they're not going to be able to quit because they've got those stories in their head they've got that churning that language in their head and they just want to keep keep going um so digging into that and not allowing anyone outside you tell you you shouldn't do this or you should do this because that's going to block you but Liesl, so you actually you stopped dancing at 14 and then you battled your way back i mean how did you do that how did you get there? Um, so she started again in college. I started again after oh, I, after college. After college, and then I ended up um, like having a little performing career, and um, and then getting into teaching. And you know, honestly, it was losing that thing that I loved that made me realize how much I valued it, and it changed what about it was valuable to me. Um, and having been through that process of losing something creative that meant so much to me. Like I would never do that to myself again. And it makes me really sad when I see other people do it to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of great comments on the, in the chat. Um, two points. One person says, sometimes those bad days are crippling too, while other times it makes you reach the who gives a fuck stage where you feel like the writing is so bad that it, that it frees you to write. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, and then another writer says, I keep a deprecated file. So I have whole paragraphs or scenes or even sentences that maybe I'll want this and can't find later. Um, so again, like, yeah, just stuff you put out there, you save it. Maybe you want to go back to it later. Um, and and uh, another says, I have a sticky posted on my computer with this quote from Henry James. If you can't write, work. Um, and I think about that on days when the writing is awful or when I can't even put one word on the page. Every day is a step forward and the bad words are invaluable to advancing the story. Yeah. Um, Alex, how are you doing this? So this weekend, you've had a lot of pressure on you because we have this whole weekend to write, right? This is what we're doing here. We're like, okay, I'm going to write. And then you're like, damn it. I have to write. <laughs> I mean, that can also be a lot of pressure. Um, are there certain ways that you've used to kind of get you there just to be able to do something, just to be able to do some sort of work? Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's, uh, I've, <laughs> I felt like I'm quitting for the day uh, multiple times each day and you just gotta be like, pick yourself up and, and get back up and, and, uh, charge into it again. Um, I've been switching between, um, uh, so on this draft, I've, I've decided, I decided I was going to just outline the whole thing. Um, and then I've, I kind of got stalled out in the outlining. So I've been switching between outlining and writing scenes. Um, that was the thing yesterday. The other thing, this is I, true today and, and also true with this retreat and just also true in general, just something I want to add for, because there's, there's normal kind of block and then there's really long-term kind of, uh, just, Months and months go by. I, I had that uh, this summer, um, and I think it's useful to figure out what specifically is in the way. Um, there's the the normal self criticism, and then there's whatever it is that's taking you to the next level of uh, of uh, of blockness. 
Um, and this is this is a story that, that helped, was helpful to me. I don't know how relevant it's going to be to anybody else's um, block, but I uh, at one point in the in the worst of it, just uh, just on impulse, just sat down and wrote something that was um, just about myself and my own life and completely autobiographical, but used all the like wrote it as though I was writing it for for something somebody to see, even though I wasn't necessarily. Um, and then I found that I think I just needed to, there, there, there are personal things that I'm expressing in my work, but I think part of me just needed to say my own stuff in my own words and get that out. And then it would allow me to, uh, to do the more indirect thing of expressing stuff through fictional people. Um, no, I think that's great. I think that's really helpful for everyone. And so again, when you sit down and you're like, oh, I can't do this today, or I don't have the energy for that. And when I say just start typing, some of that typing might be, this is why I'm having this problem, or this is what's holding me back today, or this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. Um, you know, I'm not as good as such and such. I'm not, or whatever you want to get back or, or talking about, you know, your own self and, and some other things and getting that out on the page and out of your fingers because that can get you lead you to someplace else yeah. and you're just and you're just getting used to that process and I think that's really helpful um yeah and that goes to the other thing I've been doing this weekend it's also relevant to what uh Anne says is uh she's not asked about if just keeping a diary help or hurt I find it helps a lot and something I've been doing this weekend is I've just been as I've been sitting there uh just hating myself and trying to write. I've actually I've taken, I have my diary notebook with me and I just write out all those thoughts. Just yeah. like give them, give them voice, put them on the page. Look at, look, see how stupid this sounds when you, <laughs> when you write it out. I, I find that to be really helpful. And also it's just like, whatever that, uh, my version of Michelle's Priscilla, like whatever that, like give that thing its voice and you can, okay, put that on that page. And now you've got your pages, your three pages, and now you're done. Right. Um, and I can get back and you can close thing. the notebook and say, okay, Priscilla, yeah, <laughs> go away. Lisa, you also had a hard summer. I did have a hard summer. I got completely derailed. And it was um, the first time that I really had that experience. And because, um, I mean, I think of myself as having like pretty tough skin and whatever. Um, and so it was alarming to, um, to have that experience because I'd never had it before. Um, but, um, but again, I mean, it was the writing community, like having people to go to and say, like, I think this is it. Like, I just, Claudia was done. Like, I just, this, this project has nowhere to go. Like, this is the end of the line. Like, I just, I have to abandon it and do something else. Um, but like I reached out to you. Yeah. Um, and what came out of that conversation really was um, that I was I was wrestling with a particular like creative problem. Mm -hmm. And I had really, I mean, I had really like put my shoulder into it trying to solve it and I couldn't solve it. And I really never come up against that before. Like where I just, I mean, I'm trying as hard as I can and I just can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but in that conversation with you, um, you know, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And so I, I, I tried a couple different things and it just, it did shake something loose. And I talked to you and I talked to Pam and I went to lunch with my friend Elaine, who's also a writer. And she, you know, it just, 
you've got to get it out of you and like share it with other people. Yeah. Um, and it does, it did end up shaking something loose and I am back with the novel and I have just a whole different level of energy. Um, I have come up with a strategy saying that I have six months to finish this, um, which, you know, at a, in a different point, having that kind of pressure might be overwhelming, but in this particular point in time, like I need that. Yeah. Yeah. I think a deadline is especially useful for something like a novel because it is, it's just, I mean, it, it's so big and nobody really cares if you get it done a year from now or two years from now. So if you have some kind of self-imposed deadline that you can stick to, that can help you push past the temptation to, um, to second guess every decision and, and not let yourself move forward. Yeah. Give yourself a deadline because you need to be able, you need that probably that date that you have to show up on stage, which would be the deadline. Yeah. Okay. This is, I'm showing up on the stage in six months and either it's make it or break it. Totally. Yeah. And, and that, and that's what works. So a lot of free writing, just getting it out of your fingers, just typing something away, moving to writing by hand or uh, writing by voice, uh, voice memos or writing on your computer, again, mixing it up so that you're not constantly hitting that same well in the exact same way taking a class and doing something a different kind of writing so you can find that joy in the writing again like I was taking um like a writing it was called writing from life um so it was like nonfiction essays and just so I'm still writing but I'm not dealing with Claudio and like all his angst and like whatever like and so really like finding that joy in the process. Right. And so we also have another quote from the chat. Um, and this is from Jill McCorkle quoting George Garrett. And, and the quote is, clear the air of all judgment and criticism and focus on the work. And you might say, okay, that sounds easy to do. But the thing is, so clearing the air of all judgment and criticism means that you're using that diary or means that you're, you're writing on the side, or it means that you're talking to others. Because oftentimes I think that when we talk about that criticism, if we get it out there, if we tell our friend, if we tell other writers, it puts it in context. We're like, oh, this isn't real. <laughs> this doesn't have, you know, this doesn't necessarily matter. This doesn't impede my process. Um, okay, so tomorrow we are going to talk to Meta Wagner about um, staying with your creativity. She's going to give us some more t- tricks to get us back and get us working. And then the next day, we're going to finish off with Casey LeBlanc and talk about how do you know if it's done or when it's done, which is an impossible question. Um, if you support what we're doing, please share, follow, and rate our 7am Novelist podcast on Substack and other podcast platforms. And you can find our full schedule at 7amnovelist.substack.com. Again, I'll also be putting an accountability shout out on the Substack page if you guys want to reach out to other writers and find people to do that. Uh, Lisa, what do you plan to do today? Right. Alex, what do you plan to do today? Write until I can't write anymore, then outline until I can't outline anymore, and then start writing again. Excellent, excellent. All right, everybody, let's write, outline, and do whatever you can get done today. Thank you so much for showing up. Sift for a love in the sand Like a leaf inside the wind And you go where it tells you to go But you never wonder why There isn't nothing here at all